explain here. So I know this isn't our usual episode intro, but Meg and I both felt we should put a warning before this one. We completely failed at our usual goal of staying spoiler free. However, as you'll see in the episode, so did the people who wrote the book jacket. So we definitely recommend that if you're interested in worth any price, you should probably stop listening right after we get through our own summaries because beyond that, spoilers abound. Hello and welcome to Plotress. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Worth Any Price by Lisa Kleypas. This is number three in the Bow Street Runners series. We'd previously reviewed number one. No. No, number two. Right. We've never done number one. Okay. And we never will, just so you guys know. Um, it, we would not like it and we don't want you to have to listen to that, so... Uh, yeah, I guess apparently we're shying away from the ones that we're just going to trash. <laughs> um, you know, maybe, we, maybe we'll read it someday, but... Well, we might do an episode, and you can let us know in like an email or in Instagram comments, where we sort of group a bunch of ones we don't like together. Yeah. Because I don't want to like spend a ton of our time trashing, especially books that a lot of people like. Exactly. But I do feel like I have some funny things to say. Yeah. About like Fifty Shades of Grey, Outlander. Yeah. For so, sure. let us know how you want us to cover the things that we like sort of already know we hate. Exactly, and we don't need you to know that we hate necessarily. Or like don't want to spend a ton of time yeah, making don't people feel bad for liking it. it. Exactly. All right. So, uh, this one is Let's just get into the book jacket. Let's do it. So Nick Gentry, the most seductive and dangerous man in England, has been sent to find Charlotte Howard, a runaway bride who has disappeared without a trace. But when he finds her, Nick is stunned by the intensity of his attraction to the elusive young woman whose adventurous spirit matches his own. Determined to escape a forced marriage to a man who will destroy her, Charlotte agrees to an audacious bargain. She will become Nick Gentry's bride. But soon she discovers that Nick has secrets of his own, and it will take all her wits and stubborn will to tame his tormented soul. In the desperate quest to protect Charlotte from the diabolical aristocrat who threatens her, one thing becomes clear. To save the woman he loves, Nick will take any risk and pay any price. So, <laughs> I have a comment just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I liked this book more than I was expecting to, and I think maybe more than Meg was expecting me to. Yeah. We'll get into that. But... I don't get the emphasis on price yeah. and like worth in the title no, and in the description. I don't get it either. Money is really not no. at the core of any of the conflicts no. beyond the fact <sighs> that the aristocrat who was engaged to her feels like he spent the money and time grooming her. He invested in her. And but then, like other than that yeah. very, very minor plot point. Yeah. I just thought this was a weird title. It is. It, you know what? It is a weird title. And like when I was thinking about reviewing this book I was like yeah I want to review the one with Nick Gentry because I, I I like this book a lot and I couldn't remember the title of it and I'm like oh that's why I can't remember the title because it's a freaking <gasps> weird title <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense yeah it's definitely it's bizarre that's for sure so I just I thought it was the book jacket's not bad it's not bad there's a major spoiler in it yep about how um, she's gonna marry him I mean it, it gives a little more context than I wish it did. Yeah, exactly. Like, clearly they're going to end up together. That is the point. And the, the, we'll get into this, but them getting together happens pretty early. Yes. But I still wish they'd, they'd left the how and the why. A, a little more opaque, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All, right, so, all right. So as usual, we came up with our own summaries that we felt better reflected the nature of the book. And this week's random number is 33. Yeah. So I'll start. 
Ready for the love story of a hot, tortured rich man and a sheltered young lady? Not yet. Add dysfunctional families and the Kama Sutra. Not yet. Add secret Viscount. Now you're ready. <laughs> All right. I mean, this is just a clusterfuck of uh -huh. like, tropes that are sometimes frustrating. Yes, but... Uh, okay, well, we will we'll talk about this. Okay. okay, so my summary. Hired tracker falls for his quarry and offers marriage to him as an alternative to capture and return. They fuck all over London while accepting life as aristocrats. How many people has Westcliff sheltered? Jeez. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> this is, you know, I think that the book jacket w was so descriptive that in our summaries, we're like, we're going to really get to the heart of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think it's the first time I've cursed in a summary, but it felt necessary. Uh, for this book, yeah. Dear readers, listeners. Yeah. All right. So, um, and then our recurring theme, Gentleman Jackson's Get Pumped to Workout for The Secret Aristocrat. In this case, it's thief taking and lots of it. At least it's a job that is legitimately physically demanding. This is true. And that without explanation, I believe he consciously tries to keep himself in shape. Yeah. Because like he's got to run down Agreed. criminals. Like This is one of the least eye-rolly. It's the least eye-rolly. Um, I mean, one of the things that's, that's like later in the book, he's out tracking a criminal with one of his Bow Street friends, his other runner friends. Yeah. And they're both like humongous, over six feet tall, built, like, out to, like, get this person. So it's he's not the only person in London who has this physique. Right, and sometimes it is, like, hilarious, like, riding a horse does not keep you in that sort of shape. But I'll right. give it to him. I expect him. Okay, I mean, the fact that he's tall and huge in every other way is, yeah, yeah sure. Thanks, Jeans. Bit. Aristocrats are always so handsome. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mean, he's no, not guy, inbred at all. Yeah, and, and Nick is, like, the most attractive man in England, yes. according to this book. Like, he is so good looking. And I thought it was interesting, this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but there's yeah. a conversation she has at a ball with two of the girls she went to school with. Yes. And it's not catty. It's, they were totally friendly. I a, so loved this conversation, Lane. I did too, just because I think it served the plot, but it wasn't about the relationship dynamics between these women, which mm -hmm. were like totally normal, yes. which is never the case in I romance know. novels. So it was literally just like two school friends who she'd missed, but it's not like they'd been besties. Yeah. And they were talking about their husbands and the other two had married well, well by their standards, mm -hmm. titled men or rich men and men who treated them well. Mm -hmm. But their looks compared to Nick Gentry. Uh -huh. And you were like, first of all, this is realistic. Because right? that's what aristocrats were paunchy. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And you also can imagine these women who were like friends and went to school together being like, girl, how did you land it? And of course he takes that moment to look at her like her skirts are on fire. Right. And you're just like. Like wait until later, uh, Lottie. It, it was, it was so great. Good. <laughs> okay. So this one has. A lot of tropes. So many tropes. So we've got the the innocent woman and the sexually experienced man who will introduce her into all of the bedroom secrets. Well, and he's limited in his experience yeah. in terms of the number of paramours. In, in terms of the number of partners, but in terms of the number of techniques and like the types of things he knows about, uh, he is not limited. In the slightest. No, not in any way at all. Um, and she is, of course, a spinster virgin. Spencer Virgin, who has a secret, passionate core. But she doesn't even know about it yet. Of course not. Because, you know, that he would must, be slutty. You have to, the right man only can awaken this in you. Of course. Okay. 
We've got The Marriage of Convenience, which again, we talked about that in the book jacket, was, it was mentioned she literally marries him to be protected from another man. Yes. Um, and she, this is, I don't know quite how to describe this. This is not the first book we've read where a woman who herself was not at the level of Duchess mm -hmm. was raised and groomed to be a member of the aristocracy right. and then ends up with a different aristocrat. Yes. Like her breeding yeah. might not be on level, but her training certainly yes. was. And, like, and it always happens too that she doesn't realize she's going to need those skills when she agrees to get married. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me because yeah. it's always so the case funny. that it's like, so oh. So funny. And like there's, this also is sort of present in... Oh, the last dressmaker's book. Yes, I was thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Where, yes, granted, she was raised as a member of the aristocracy, yeah, but she the, was like the, willing to give up the fact that she need to be a duchess. Yeah. But you, you oh mean, wait, she's you mean a duchess? Dukes prefer blondes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Dukes you mean with the, the spoiler and the like? Sorry, the, I the one thing I really hate are, are title spoilers. You know, anyway. right? He's. And anyway. he ends up a duke. We um, will talk about that book. We will talk about haven't it. Haven't we talked about it all? No, we haven't. <gasps> we love Loretta Chase, so we will, of course. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, so the other thing is the um, they both have secret identities. They when both they have meet, secret identities. They're both lying about who they are, and this only he knows the truth. But he's got, like, triple secret identity. That's true. But in one of his... So here's... This his, is great. His, his secret, secret identity, identity is his real identity. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's great. It's really fun. Um, oh, the point about the kissing. Oh, yeah. So we've got this whole this whole pretty woman thing where kissing on the mouth means something. So when they meet, they definitely make out a few times. And then after she finds out who she is, she's like, I'm not going to kiss you anymore because that means something. Like, literally, I think that was As was she written. agrees to marry him. Yeah, yeah. She's like, we're going to get like, married. We're no longer... Like, a kiss is something a woman gives to a love... Like, a pet lover. Right. And, and you're going to be my husband, but right. I don't trust you anymore, basically. Right, exactly. Um, so, of course, then later when she does kiss him on the mouth, it's, you know, very emotional. Um, this has the quintessential female bonding shopping spree. Yes. So, a another, like, sort of pretty woman here, too. You yeah. You know, like, going out in the town and, like, buying all the stuff. Although, in this case, we've got the female bonding, like you right. said. Right. It's a sister. She's really nice. Um, and also the moment of the dress. Right. Where she, he finally sees her in all of the aristocratic yes. finery. Yes. So, so fun. Um, okay. So I think that, I mean, those are just, just some of the tropes. I'm sure we'll talk about more, but those are the ones that we wanted to start by talking about. Yes. Um, so in general, this book is just well-written. Lisa Kleypas is a good writer. I think she writes very evocatively. Like, I think you really feel the emotions yes. of the characters. Well, and this one and Lady Sophia's Lover, I would, I might be the most explicit yeah. ones of hers that I've, like, she went to town. Yes. If you look at the, um, you know, on the title, the, the, um, the little things in italics on yeah. the title, I don't know what the, I don't know what the technical name of that is, but you know, like one would say, his kisses ignite her passion, her passion ignites his love, right? In this one, like the little subscript is a novel of seduction. Yup. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Accurate. So we have some we have some Lisa Kleypas greatest hits. So if you are a Kleypas fan, you are gonna recognize quite a few things. Um, so Lane talked about this in her summary. We have Lord Westcliff. I believe that this is his first appearance. It read like it was. Yes. So this is Westcliff's first appearance. I truly believe that that Westcliff is like Lisa Kleypas's 
quintessential romantic hero, and that he appeared here, and that he then he appears then in the next five books, six, seven. He's going to appear like in the next ten books that until she he finally meets his match. No, even after he meets his match, oh, he continues true. to come back. True. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like even after he gets married, he still is like. He is, I think, her idea of the 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 true nobleman. I would agree with that. Yep. So he, we have him here, and that's what I was. He, I read her novels completely out of order, especially her series completely mm-hmm. out of order. But I feel like whenever like an innocent or lost soul needs protecting, somehow they end up at Stony Cross. I'm like, yeah, uh, Stony Cross Manor. Westcliff is gonna somehow help them. Like he's just so noble and so honorable, but so cold and aloof. Right? Yes. Anyway, so West Westcliff appears in this book. Um, of course, that means that part of it is set in Hampshire, um, which again, I I don't know if Lisa Claypool went to Hampshire and like fell in love with it, but um, the, Hampshire also appears as a setting, mostly because that's where Westcliff lives. But then again, so do half the other ones. So like the um, Hathaways, the Hathaways live in but they in Hampshire. That's been abandoned forever, though. Right, but they it's still Hampshire is still the the, the setting, county, yeah. right? So they still live there. And then the next one too. Um, anyway, her current one, uh, not the Winterborn, the Ravenels, they are also, their country seat is in Hampshire. Okay. Um, just uh, some other things. So again, in Hampshire, there's the Wishing Well. So we've got the Wishing Well, which is going to reappear. It does reappear mm-hmm. quite a few times, actually. We have the, one of my favorite Lisa Claypas things where she says, relax, I'll take care of you. <laughs> All right. This is a trope that I want to hate and love. This the feminist in me is like, fuck that. I can take care of myself. I am tired of reading books where like strong women need a minute to relax and a man who can finally allow them to relax. Mm-hmm. Objectively, I want to hate it. Uh-huh. I love it so much. Uh-huh. I find it so romantic. Uh-huh. I want it so much. Uh-huh. And I hate myself yeah. a little bit. I know. And um, I will say that that specifically, so this happens generally, but specifically this actual line happens in bed a lot. But also not in bed. Also not in bed, also out of bed. I think it's like a call to the whole relationship yes, dynamic yes, they have. Yes, but like, agreed. I'm just saying, I acknowledge I should hate it. That's the thing. I don't. I know. Well, and here's the other thing. She wrote a contemporary novel. I do not remember the title of it, but she... They, she brings it into the contemporary novel. Is this one of the Texas ones? No. Okay. Um, it's this one that's set in Washington. It's about witchcraft and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's more appealing to me than Texas. We'll, so we'll read it someday. All right. But um, she brings it in there, and she, he, he's like, oh, relax, I'll take care of you. And she's like, uh-uh, and she like, kicks him out of her apartment. So like, it's, it, she acknowledges it. So it's like, I love the fact that she like acknowledges that she has this thing. And then, anyway, um, there's a star sapphire. I mean, there's a traditional wedding ring. Yeah. For, it was good. But um, often she uses a star sapphire. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I, I love star sapphires personally. So uh, this is this like is my fantasy is getting a star sapphire, which I haven't gotten yet. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I don't think Julian listens. <laughs> okay. So um, and then this is something that I also love, and this reminds me of like. Um, Japanese animation, like anime, 
Uh, when whenever he gets like aroused or like emotional, he gets the men will get color across their cheekbones yeah. and the bridge of their nose. Which yes, this happens in real life. But if you, but it's also like the only tell. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious because it's like I wouldn't know until I knew him. Yeah, that this was how he shows his arousal. Yeah. Or like if I didn't know better, I would think he was blushing. You know, <laughs> like no, he's blushing. So we've got that, and then uh, I don't know if I'm actually gonna say this. No, you have to. All right, final greatest hit from Lisa Kleypas. Again, I cannot believe that I wrote this. I can't believe I'm going to I'm going to say this out loud. Yeah. But this happens. I have definitely read this more than one time in mm -hmm. her novels. Mm -hmm. And it is the morning after they consummate their relationship. Yep. There is um, an encounter in the bathtub afterwards. Okay, first of all, I want to commend all of Lisa Kleypas' heroes for their commitment to hygiene. Right? All of them have like invested in state-of-the-art for the time period uh -huh. bathing situations. Yes. And I love it. Yes. I will say the afterword for this book, she... I don't, did you read the afterword? No. Okay. So the afterword for this book, she says, yes, I do realize... She said, I want to let you know that the shower scene, because mm -hmm. there is a shower scene, dear listener... Against the wall. In the shower. The Wait, shower. No, is this one against the wall? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, so, the, uh, no, anyway. In her <laughs> afterwards, she addresses it and she says, this is historically accurate. FYI, guys, shower scene can happen. <laughs> but that is not what I'm talking about right here, which is they're in a hip bath. Yes. Well, she's in a hip bath. And he takes care of her, dear listener. Say what you wrote. Okay, <laughs> all right. I wrote, morning after, defloration, bathtub finger banging. <laughs> I died when I read that. But this this actually happens. It does, and it's it's a common thing for Clavis. Mm -hmm. But she finds a way to make it new every time. And and like, yeah yeah, she does. That's all I'm gonna say about that. It <clears throat> now, you may be picking up on the fact that there's a lot of sex in this one. There's a lot of sex in this and book, and I can't wait to get there. Okay, right. so this book's beginning is unconventional. It's so unconventional, and yet. It, it, like I, I really like it. I like really love this. It's so weird. Basically, the opening to this book is Nick goes to a whorehouse because he is a virgin and he would like to lose his virginity, and he hooks up with the madam, which starts a, a, like minimum of a year long liaison. Three years. Three, there you go. Three year liaison with the madam, who initiates him into the sexual arts. And so he's 24 when he goes to her. Mm -hmm. And the reason he has waited so long to have sex is because of a tragic past TM. A tragic past. Which, if you read the second book in the series, Lady Sophia's Lover, you will know what that tragic past is. We'll get into this in offensiveness. We will. Because I have a lot of thoughts about the way it was set up versus yep. what actually happened. Yep. So um, I will say this, though. There was a piece of me that wondered if the madam was going to be the love interest. Because mm -hmm. I'd never read this book before. Mm-hmm. And then I realized she definitely wouldn't be when they said she was 38. Right. I was like, oh no, that's too old. No, no, too old. This is just a random sex scene in the yeah. beginning of a novel. Yeah. But she was very, um, what, what I liked about it is that she was a very sympathetic character. Yes. Uh, and like, yes, this is what she does. The way she's described is, and the, the reason that she's such a popular madam is because men are just comfortable with her. So she's not like outrageously sexual. Um, although At I think it's not, not overtly, overtly. Overtly. Yes. 
uh, she just is like a she's beautiful and she's just a comfortable person to talk to so men like to talk to her and to her girls and her girls yeah but it was definitely an interesting beginning yes because it set him up as like an explicitly sexual man. Yeah, 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 exactly. But also set him up as very discriminating. Extremely discriminating, correct. Yes. And knowledgeable. Yes. It was it was a good, interesting and Very opening. interesting, yeah. Because I was like, whoa. I remember, I was, yeah. I was hooked. Yeah, exactly. All right, so the one criticism, and this is a preference thing. Mm-hmm. This is a lot more angst than Megan and I can usually tolerate. So much angst. So, as we said, she's on the run when he meets her. He's been hired by the man she's affianced to, mm-hmm. to hunt her down. And she fled him because it's, a, it's not vague in terms of what happened to her, but the way she conceptualizes it is kind of vague. Yeah. Because, first of all, he molested her. He molested as her as a child. He's been grooming her since she was like eight years old. He controls what she eats. He yeah. controls what she learns. Yeah. She's, he's trying to break her. Yeah, basically. He's, so he, and he is explicitly called a madman. Yes. Which again, we'll get into that in offensiveness as well. Um, but anyway, so he's the crazy dude who decides he's going to create the perfect wife for himself. Right. And so she's, she fled that shitty situation and to, I don't know if it's more or less traumatic, but on the same level, her parents are complicit Yes, in all of this that's happening to her. And so she also has the problem of the familiar, her parents basically betraying her Yeah, with this guy. So her, her past sucks. Her past sucks. His past really sucks too because he, so we have alluded to this already. He is a secret Viscount. He, um, when he was, and again, if you've read, if you listen to our review of Lady Sophia's Sophia's Lover, we talk about this there, and if you've read the second book, then you know this. But basically, he, when he was 15, 14 or 15, he took part in an armed robbery where a man died. He was sentenced to, not to death, but to a prison hulk. And on these boats, these men and boys were just shoved together in the the hold of the ship um, where they, you know, just treat each other in a terrible way. I mean, yeah. I mean, unsanitary conditions. Too many people crammed in. A bunch of hardened criminals with children. Yeah. And prison, I mean, there's prison rape. There's mistreatment of the prisoners, fights between the prisoners. I mean, everything you hear about in in prisons today happened then as well on boats. With even less supervision. Right. Um, so he's this disavowed Viscount. So he faked his death. Yeah, and so he faked his death. Um, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that too. Uh, he's the sister of Lady Sophia. But so he's been, he lived his time after getting off the prison hulk as a crime lord, as basically. As a crime lord. Until Lady Sophia's lover, where the events lead him to becoming a Bow Street Runner. Yes, and the most honorable man in England, Sir Ross Cannon, goes against all of his principles and um, hides the evidence against him so that uh, Nick can have a second chance at life, basically. Right. So, so this thought, is a lot of backstory. <laughs> and then, of course, her former fiance doesn't take the fact that she... So pretty early in the novel, they get married. Yeah, they get married. I have mixed feelings about how it went down. Yeah, me too. Because he makes the decision pretty early in knowing her that he's not going to take her back to her fiance. Yeah. That he wants her for himself. Yeah. 
and that he like and he wants to marry her. Yeah. But rather than have that conversation with her, he gets confronted by Sir Ross before he can. By no I'm sorry, by, by uh, Westcliff. Westcliff before he can. Mm-hmm. And so it comes out very differently in yeah. the context of Westcliff accusing him of being a crime lord and coming here just to kidnap her. Yeah. And rather than explaining to her that he was about to come forward with this information, his intention had been to marry her and that he like loved her. Mm-hmm. Which love isn't treated as that. It's not like the magic word that you sometimes can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than just admitting all of his feelings for her, he gets like really cocky and arrogant Mm -hmm. about the whole thing and basically like demands her hand as her only alternative and is a real dick about it. Yeah. And on the one hand, I sort of understood from his perspective, like, okay, telling her the way he wanted to didn't work, and he felt like trying to be pacifying wouldn't work in this situation. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to own all the all the crap that's being said about but me. But I don't really know why. But I didn't hate it. Like, it was really sexy. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, it's... This, and he didn't this, mean to tell her. Yeah, and, and it's it's so well written, and it's so And it's better than him keeping secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know he's what not I mean? keeping any secrets. I, 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 so my idea interpretation of why he doesn't tell her is that he wants her to know this is what society is going to think about you if you marry me you're going to have to take this on but I hate that high-handed bullshit oh I agree most of the time and and yet and yet and yet I loved it 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 is good it's good it has some it has some moments that's for sure so um, okay you have some quotes oh my god this is something every time I read this book I remember that I love this part (laughs) <laughs> so basically he he figures out so he he knows that he has these very strong feelings for her but yes. he doesn't like put together that it's love right this is a very romance novel e well and I, it, it's less annoying here than it sometimes can be because it's not something she's waiting for right and it's also because of his past you sort of understand why he doesn't put it well, together they did just meet each other yeah like, they get forced into a marriage of convenience 48 hours, yeah. basically, after, like, their first kiss. And so you kind of get that he might not immediately be like, oh, this was love at first sight. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I, I'm really fond of her and cool. Yeah, yeah. But he, he figures out that he loves her in a near-death situation, right? And he's like, of course, the, what's, what would I regret about if I died right now? What would I regret it's that I didn't tell Lottie that I loved her, right? <laughs> so he's like, I know, like, this is, this is so over-the-top, so romance novel, so great. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, this is not a criticism, what I'm saying here. So then he goes to Bow Street headquarters to like report on what he just did. And she's been kidnapped. She's been kidnapped. (laughs) And of course he starts freaking out. So um, she's been kidnapped and he's about to go out there and like kick ass and take names, right? When she walks in the door, like totally fine. Um... And what does he do? Suddenly, she found herself pushed up against the wall by six feet of aroused, overwrought male. Now, first of all, his hand is like shattered. Right? <laughs> his this hand point, he's is like, like bleeding horribly. He's disfigured. There are three other men in the room, at least, just watching him like effectively try to mount her. Well, in in like basically, they've this person who they have seen as super controlled with his feelings for years and years is like all of a sudden has lost his shit. Yeah. Basically. And like it's sort of the trope of the man who is the best 
crime fighter or whatever because he has nothing to lose suddenly has something to lose oh, yeah. and it changes everything. It does, it does. But that was, the sad thing is I'm reading this and I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's so damn hot. Like this definitely in the vein of Lady Sophia's lover yeah. wins by being absolutely absurd. Right? Like usually I'm pissed off when people are making out in the middle of a scene where I'm like, you would not be making out here. Yeah. Here I'm like just slow clapping the whole time I'm reading yeah. to myself. And like, like so she's yeah. like up against the wall. He's like basically trying to make sure that she's like still alive, still whole. Every time she starts to try to explain something to him, he just kisses her. <laughs> like to me, and what other author will describe their hero as overwrought? Like I just yeah. love that she called him overwrought. I like love it because yeah. that's what he is. He like cannot control himself in this moment. He's just survived near death and thought she was dying. Right. Like he is. He's beyond. Right. In exactly. That and then like I love when it ends. Basically, she like looks out from behind his shoulder and she sees like everyone else in there was like trying to avert their eyes and. <laughs> His ex-boss is like, <clears throat> Nick, um, we're here, yep. you know? <laughs> and I also think, uh, my, I have a hunch your favorite thing about this book is how there's just, they're together so quickly. Yeah. Like, Clay you know I love good it. At that. Like, you know I love it. They are making out and then married 20% of the way into the oh, book, yeah. which is probably why there's so much sex. There's a lot of sex. We'll get there. Okay, before we get to the sex, let's talk about the offensive because there are a lot of things to be offended about in this book. Or at the very least, to be triggered by. Yeah. So we already talked about this in the very first scene of the book. Uh, he goes to a brothel. So prostitution, madam's brothels, that is a part of this book in some way. Uh, it's not presented as anything. It's actually presented in a very third wave feminist kind of way. Yeah, the, you know? the, the madam is a woman who of means who takes care of herself and her girls, and she expresses when he demands sex with her, like, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So, there, there's, it doesn't go quite so far as to be an empowerment thing. No, but there's definitely no like social critique of it either. Correct. So that that one's more of a trigger warning than a, a offensiveness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here is we do have something that is pretty offensive, also a trigger warning. We talked about this as well. Um, there, He has talked about how he had these experiences on the prison hulk, and you assume that he has been raped. So in Lady Sophia's Lover, he describes his situation on the prison hulk in a way that leads you to believe he had, was raped. Right, and in the and first it's, scene it's as well. Explicit. No, in the first scene he tells her explicitly, I was never raped. That's true, that's true. So. That annoyed the fuck out of me. I'm that's, not gonna lie. So I wrote like, this. This is what I wrote. I wrote rape. Also, he wasn't really raped. Is that more or less offensive? And I think it was more offensive to Lane. I don't know. I don't know if it's an offensiveness scale, but it's it proves that it was unnecessary and just for shock value. Yeah. Which is the reason I hate the inclusion of yes. rape in these stories. Is there very occasionally I will cede when a story about sexual violence is yep. done well and doesn't bother me as much. This is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot about this book that I liked. I was livid that the sexual violence was literally just thrown in to up the ante. Yeah. It didn't have any... He could, could have been nearly beaten to death. He was starved. They were mm -hmm. trying to kill him on this prison hulk, effectively. Mm -hmm. The situation was shitty enough. And Why you did you have to... Yeah. Right, and you could just say, you know, we all know what happened in like those prison conditions back then, if he wasn't raped, 
why imply he was? Yeah. Other than to make it more dramatic. Yeah. So get off my lawn. Okay. <laughs> so, there's, so we've got that part. Um, we have, a, again, we all have already alluded to this. There's the pedophilia, child abuse, grooming scene with Charlotte. So her fiance has... Who also, like, couldn't have been gross enough without also being a child molester. I know, I know, I know. It, it was, it was like extra. It was extra. It That's was extra. what it was. Yeah. And then we have, finally, what were his motives? Why did he want to do this? Not because he is a pedophile and is a disgusting human being, but because he is crazy. So we've got mental illness as well. Very poorly handled. Very poorly handled. And to the point that, I mean, this whole thing is going to end up being a spoiler flag. Yeah. He killed himself he in killed front himself. of her. Like, yeah. Blaming her. It was really effed up. Like, yeah. The stuff about this that is offensive is so offensive. Like, I think I'm going to end up giving this four stars, and there are parts of it I hate it. Yeah. But the parts that are good, dear reader, are five star good. And one of the strengths of this book is the sexiness. This book is so hot. So, I don't know where to start because. I can't count the number of sex scenes. Oh no, I, I can't count them either. There's so many. And as we said earlier, he's a master in like the the sexual arts. But like the erotic arts. His his former lover, Gemma. Gemma the brothel had, madam. Had several books. Oh, she had like a collection of sex books. I mean, there is a very explicit tantric sex scene. Uh-huh. And the thing, I think some of them might even be blurring together in my head because yep, yep. there's just so many. And like, and the thing is, so not only is it hot, then the aftermath is handled so well. So like, for example, we've got this tantric sex scene where basically they fuck all night long. And right? he like prevents himself from coming by right, changing right, right. the rhythm and she's just like coming constantly. Yeah. Again, like, yeah, I mean, what's, what's to hate about that? And then the next morning, um, they wake up late. Obviously, they've been up all night. Um, she's like, oh, no, your sister is coming. I have to go downstairs and get everything ready. And he's like, no, let's just stay in bed. And then she goes to stand up, and she's like, um, I can barely walk. <laughs> like, it's really funny, too. You know what I mean? They have a great dynamic. Yeah. These are two characters who are not generic. Like, no. their interactions with each other, like, they're tropey. Mm-hmm. But... You feel like you know them personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play with his strengths, and I think it's like why I was so into all the sex because I was like, mm -hmm. I buy that these two people cannot take their hands off each other. Yeah. There was only one sex scene I did not like. Okay. And I'm gonna talk about that before we get to the ones we. Okay, did let's like. do it. Tell me, tell me. It's the one where he ties her up. Uh huh. Because he comes into her room at night after they've been fighting. Yeah. Wakes her up, and before she's fully conscious. Yeah ties her up. Yeah, and neither of them say a word to each other. Right, and like there's no explicit asking her if she's okay yeah. with being tied up. There's no, like she sort of in her head intuits it as something he needs. Yeah. Why, I don't know. There's no safe word. There's no, no. it just, it felt kind of non-consensual. And you're in her head, so you know it's not. And that's the that's but, the issue. And we've talked about this in several books, about how if you were not in her head, you would not know that she was consenting. And the problem is, he is not in her head. And the thing is, I don't even think she was really consenting. Yeah. Like, she is not thinking, cool, I'm good with being tied up. She was like, She's I thinking, guess I'll go along with it. I don't like this, Yeah. but I guess I'll go along with it. Yeah. And she doesn't say... I don't like this. Yeah. And like and she is actively thinking, I want to touch him. I don't like yeah. that I can't move. Like it was 
borderline not consensual. And I just wish a couple of things about that scene had been tweaked. Sure. And even if it honestly, this wouldn't have been great feminism, but even if she'd been into it. Yeah. If she'd been like, this is interesting and new. All right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Instead of her actual thoughts being, I don't want this. Yeah. It was gross and squeaky. Yeah. However, counter that one back se- bad sex scene, there are like 55 good ones. There's just like so many. We, okay, let's Including check off our weakness. Let's check off the box. We got carriage sex. I, and like I've, I've said this before on the podcast, my favorite thing about carriage sex is the idea of like irresistible proximity. Yeah. And that is 100% what happens in this scene. So much. Like she's, she's a little tipsy. So she's not, she's not drunk. She's a little tipsy. And it's like the first time she comes on to him in any way, which is just, she just like kisses his jaw. And he's like, I cannot resist this. <laughs> Get the carriage over here right now. <laughs> and in the middle of it, he's like, we're almost home. And she, she's like, no, she says, we're almost home. And he goes, next time I'm going to tell him to just go around the park. And I was like, yes, yes. There are several times in this book where her only protest to their sexual encounter is we don't have time. My favorite. This is great. Yeah. She, so she's, she's, like, she's like, we don't have time. And he goes, I'll be quick. Her response? You're never quick. <laughs> but when he needs to be quick, he gets it done. He get, he's quick. Yeah. It is, um, guys, it's hot. Mm-hmm. This, honestly, I think if this book had no sex, I'd actively hate it. Yeah, I agree. But, but it's a combination of, like, thinking the sex is really sexy and good and the sheer volume of it and their relationship, yeah. which is largely expressed with the sex scenes, is fun and redeeming. Yeah. That's the thing. Like they've got this humongously angsty backstory, which we do not like. Like I do not love this angsty stuff, and yet I think you know what? I think this is why I like it is that the angst is not in their relationship, and it's completely external. And the other external stuff going on is like so dumb and fun. Yeah. Like the big conflict outside of their relationship is that he's got to take his title. Right. And yes. you're like, first of all, so the angst is that they're wealthy and powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Exactly. And exactly. they're both very well prepared for it. Exactly. Tragic. I know. So like, it's just so laughable and fun that yeah. it does balance out the angst, angst, angst. Yeah. Like literally he's like all upset because he has to take on his Viscountcy. And so like, I'm going to shock myself. I recommend this book. <laughs> I was really wondering. Like, the thing is, I really like this book, but I was like, "Ooh, I just don't know if Lane's gonna like, I like it the way I do." I liked it, but you loved it. But the parts that were great were like stellar, right? Were stellar. Yeah. Like it's the weirdest book because I think it had too much bad to ever be my favorite, so mm-hmm. it'd be one I reread constantly. But there are elements of this book I'm gonna think about all the time, mm-hmm. and then be disappointed when I remember this is the book they're in. Yes. And then I'm just gonna have to reread it. So like, yeah, guys, I I'm shocked. <sighs> I recommend this book. So thank you for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.